0: Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word in Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. Get in the Word of God, talk about it. We are talked yesterday and again today about one of the more famous, popular, and sometimes controversial verses in the Bible. It's a verse that gives us all hope, but it's also a verse that if you don't believe it, you don't like it, and that's John 14 and verse 6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. It certainly seems rather exclusive in a world that often talks about inclusivity. Now, let's be really clear. It's open to anyone. Whoever believes in Him can have eternal life, we read in John 3.16. And we know that Jesus came to seek and to save lost people. He will exclude people who don't come His way, but His desire is everybody comes. We say here... We want to see hell empty and heaven full, and I think that's the heart of God as well. But we live also in a day when people often contend that they can believe whatever they want to believe. And I think there's a couple of factors that lead into this. One, of course, is we live in, you know, those of us who live, I live in America. Most of the people come here, live in America. Some come from other countries here, but we have freedom of religion here. And constitutionally, we say you can believe whatever you want. You're not gonna, you, you don't have to have certain beliefs to run for office or to be allowed to go to school or, or to get a job or things like this. There is freedom of religion here in our country. However, newsflash, God's not going to judge us based on our adherence to the U.S. Constitution. God's not going to say, oh, you were pluralistic and you followed the Constitution. Well, you come right on up into heaven. It's fine. No, it's one thing. We want to separate civic life from uh, and responsibility and what the standards are there from what God's standard is. It's one thing to be a citizen of this country. It's another thing to be a citizen of heaven and to go and have eternal life and go to heaven. Amen? So... we, we, it's important we understand that God said, Jesus said, he's the way, the truth. And so you can, there's religious pluralism here in America, and there are many different beliefs you, and you are free legally to believe what you want. You can believe the moon's made of green cheese. If you want, you can believe anything you, you can believe all kinds of things if you want, but that doesn't mean God's going to let you into heaven. And secondly, of course, the second big cultural influence is what we call postmodernism, and that is the belief that that truth comes from me, that instead of I discover truth, we're told we can determine truth. Now, of course, when it comes to such things as mathematics, we we realize there's higher laws we must submit to, at least most people do. They're not free to make up their own math and believe whatever they want about math, or for that matter, science theoretically. Although we see this postmodern ideas of believe whatever you want invading even the world of science, and of course history. You would assume that history you've got to believe what actually happened, instead of you know spinning it the way you want it to be, which is becoming more and more common. Or we even talk about people revising history in order to communicate what they want. To about modern events to put their spin on it for political purposes. But we understand that there's truth in these areas. But we think that when it comes to religion, many people believe, well, it's just a matter of opinion. It's not like math or science or history based on Truth or facts, it's more like your choice in foods. You know, you want spaghetti, I want tacos. There's not a right or wrong. It's you like sp- uh, Italian, I like Mexican. There's not right or wrong. It's just a matter of opinion. But we would contend, and Jesus would say when he said he is the truth, we would contend that truth does matter even in the area of religion. You're not free to believe just whatever you want in God's kingdom. You can't in America. But in God's kingdom, you've got to learn what he says to be true and embrace that, or else you're wrong, okay? You're wrong. Now, there's an Old Testament story here, and the true story I'd like to look at that plays into this, that enlightens us along these lines. It comes from the book of Leviticus, chapter 10. And let's read it chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. Now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took their respective fire pans and after putting fire in them, placed incense on it and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. And fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. You see, it happens here. These guys were uh, the sons of the priest, and they were to offer incense. They were to offer sacrifices to the Lord in ways that the Lord had commanded them. Well, they offered something strange. They did it their own way. They, they, they decided, well, we'll do what we want to do. And they didn't follow God's prescribed method of approaching them. And fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them, and they died. Whoa! all just because they kind of didn't follow the rules when it came to approaching God, all because they didn't come to God the way God said to come to God, all because they did something strange, their own idea of how to approach God. Well, evidently, we go on and resist. Then Moses said to Aaron, it is what the Lord spoke, saying, by those who come near me, I will be treated as holy. And before all the people, I will be honored. So Aaron, therefore, kept silent. Well, you would have thought he could have gotten angry, angry at God, angry at Moses. I mean, his two sons were killed. The fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed and killed his own two sons. And you would think he would have protested. But Moses told him, keep silent. Your sons dishonored God. Your sons did not treat God as holy. Your sons were arrogant and proud in the way they approached God. And God is the one who judged them. Don't talk back to God. You say, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm not allowed to talk back to God? And the answer is, no, don't talk back to God. Or that strange fire might come consume you as well. You see, our God is a holy God, and we should, he should be treated as God. So often people treat him as an equal, and often people treat him as an inferior, as if their ideas and their morality and their values are greater, uh, are, are greater than God's. And this, my friends, is what Jesus, when Jesus said, you must know the truth and approach God in truth. We are not free to make up our own religion. Oh, in America, you can believe what you want, but not before God. And God won't judge you, as I said earlier, based on, hey, I followed the constitution and I believed whatever I wanted to believe. No, God's judgment will be based on what he has revealed to us in scripture. There's more I want to look at this, because this is such an important thing. And we find in the book of Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now, this is referring to the, the coming of the Antichrist, but there's a principle here that applies to us even to right now and today, and it goes like this. The one, who com- the one who's coming is in accord with the activity of Satan, the Antichrist, with all power and signs and false wonders, and with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved now it's quite interesting let, let, let's just stop here for one second and contemplate what we just saw that deception that the excuse me wickedness is deceptive and it's very possible to believe what is false if it's wicked a deceived person thinks they're thinks they're right a deceived person doesn't realize they're deceived. They're wrong, but they think they're right. And there are the Antichrist and Satan himself is able to deceive the world. We read in Revelation chapter 12, able to deceive them. And But it seems that there's a reason they were deceived. They didn't love the truth. People didn't love the truth. And so they were susceptible to being received. And indeed, my friends, if you want to be saved and if you want to know the truth, you've got to be careful that you don't love wickedness. Well, that's what he says in the next verse. Let's read it. For this reason, God will send on upon them a deluding influence so they might believe what is false. Really? Are you kidding me? That's what God will do? Evidently, yes. It's right there in the scripture. For this reason, what reason? Because they didn't receive the love of the truth. He goes on, God will send this deluding influence upon them so they believe what is false. Why? Why would God do that? In order that all may be judged, here we go, who did not believe the truth but took pleasure in wickedness. This is so important we understand so many people are having difficulty understanding truth these days so many people just don't get it often on campus i you know i think these atheists they tell me they don't get it they don't see it i think they're i used to think they're lying to me i used to think they're they see it they just won't admit it but no i think now they there is delusion upon them because They they take pleasure in wickedness, so there's a spiritual blindness upon them. There is a rejection of truth, an inability to understand truth, because they are taking pleasure in wickedness. And understand this, that a person who does this will be deceived. I've often believed years ago I heard a comment on a man's morality will often dictate his theology, and indeed I believe that. That our morality, what we want to believe, what we choose to believe about how we want to live, and what we want to be angry about, and what we want to do, will dictate how we understand scripture. This is why people, this is why we see sin entering the church. This is why we see uh, wild left wing political ideologies entering the church. This is why we see uh, some of these churches embracing LGBT uh, type stuff in the church. Why? Because they love that, and so they're deceived. Their morality, their immorality, may I say. And don't believe there's not scandal and sexual morality in the church and even amongst many leaders. And if, they, if that is in the church, if that is in your leadership, it won't be long before their theology will go off the rails. Notice, how do you approach God? If Abihu and Nadab did it wrong, how do we approach God? Isaiah fifty seven fifteen tells us this. I love this verse. It simply says, For thus says the high and exalted one, who lives forever, whose name is holy. I dwell on a high and holy place, and also with the contrite and lowly of the spirit, lowly of spirit, in order to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. We don't approach God these days with incense. We don't take fire pans before the Lord, but when you come before God, if you want to to approach God properly, approach Him with humility. Approach Him with a contrite spirit. Approach Him aware of your own sinfulness, not justifying your sinfulness, but aware of your sinfulness and seeking justification that can only come through faith in Jesus Christ. Approach the holy God with humility, and you'll find God approaching with pride, self-righteousness, and justifying your sin. And watch out, you will likely be deceived and will believe what is not true. And those who do not accept and receive the truth found in Jesus will not be saved. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, we bless you today, and we thank you for your great mercy. We thank you your hand reached out to us. Lord, we often wonder why were we saved and someone else. I often wonder that. And I know it's your mercy and your kindness. But I thank you also, Lord, that for some reason you revealed truth to me. I don't know, Lord, if there was a humility within me, a willingness to receive. And I don't know if others who don't see it, it. maybe there's just a pride and they're not willing to receive. Oh, God, help us to be willing to receive your truth. Help our loved ones to be willing to receive your truth. Prevent us, Lord. Help us not just justify our sin, justify our unrighteousness. Help us not to have an immorality that causes our theology to be off. We pray this for us. We pray this for our church leaders. We pray this for our educators. We pray this for our political leaders, Lord. We know that a man's morality will dictate their theology. Help us, Lord, to humbly approach you, the holy God, so that we might know the truth and the truth that is found in Jesus. And this we pray and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, there's power in the word of God. It's true. You know, this book, what we've been talking about, that was written 2,000 years ago, and that Isaiah was written almost 3,000 years ago. And it's true because human nature doesn't change. That's why we come here every day and get in this ancient book because this ancient book is time-tested and proven true. And it can tell us more about ourselves and our lives and our and about others than any psychology or anything you'd read, any blog, any anything else. We believe the Word of God. So thanks for joining me. I hope you come here every day because we get here every day and get into the Word of God. And that's what we need if we want to be strong and mighty for God. So I hope you'll join me and uh, either live or later in the day, you can watch the, the videos or you can even just listen on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platform. Make sure and share these videos with others. We want to see more and more people getting God's Word every single day. We need it. So those of you here every day, I love you. So glad to have you along. And until we meet tomorrow, God bless you. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.